good morning again. I appreciate the appreciation. It was very sweet. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was really sweet, Barbara's story. You know, they, when they surprise me like that, it throws me off a little bit. Because I, I usually know what's happening in our church services, and then when I don't, I like it, but it also bothers me. <laughs> All right, we are in week six of our series, Full of Faith. We are unpacking all this fall what it means to walk by faith and live by faith and how to please God with our faith. So this is what we're doing all this fall, just spending a bunch of time in the scripture uh, that God actually truly wants us to have our trust in him every day for our lives, not just a Sunday thing. Uh, where we're putting our faith in Jesus and reminding ourselves, oh yeah, I gotta worship God and oh yeah, I gotta uh, understand God's ways and oh yeah, the Holy Spirit's on the inside of me. Now this would be a daily thing, a full life thing when we are walking by faith. So we are looking, um, what are the characteristics of faith? How does a person who's living by faith act? We don't wanna be nominal faith people. We actually truly want to have the power of God active in our life and then we want to have God's word directing, governing, every part of our lives. The word faith simply means a firm persuasion, a conviction based on what you have heard, and then it really means trust. Faith is a relational word that I'm trusting God. Acts chapter 6 verse 8 says this, and Stephen, full of faith, where this idea of this series came from, and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Then there arose arose some from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those from Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen. And then they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. So the power of God active in Stephen's life, we can see this is part of him being full of faith. And then he had God's wisdom also active in his life, directing his thoughts and actions and his words, the power of God manifesting. And these would be the two things that we would see in our lives um, as it relates to being full of faith. So, so far in this series, we've talked about how God is faithful. This is why faith is a powerful thing is because God can be trusted. We talked about that the first week, we talked about in the second week, faith that transforms. The third week, the spirit of faith. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about faith obeys. And then last week, we talked about examining our faith. As we go along in this series, we should be deciding and figure out, figuring out, am I truly living by faith? And we, some of the verses we looked at uh, last week, Jesus said to his disciples, you have little faith, why did you doubt? And then he talked about great faith. So we want to be deciding for ourselves if we are living by faith, not figuring out if my spouse is or my kids or my friends, but that deciding for ourselves if we are leaning into faith in God. So today we're gonna be talking about one specific thing. We're gonna be talking about faith loves. Because we have put our faith in God that love should be preeminent in our lives. And we can see as we can go Uh, through this message today, how this will affect every area uh, of our life and have an effect on all that we do every day, all of the time. So faith results in love. When I put my faith in God, love will show up in my life. And what does that mean? When we talk about love, love can be defined many ways and people take that word and a million love songs have been written about love and so it gets defined and it's, gets, it's taken over by culture and it means something. But really, love from the scripture just means to be unselfish. It means to be others-focused. Now, as we go through this message again today, like my um, admonition from last week, 
don't decide if your spouse is walking in love. Figure out if you are walking in love. You're like, I'm gonna read some words, that's for sure, babe, that you don't do that. That's no help to you at all. You can only decide for yourself if you are truly having the love of God come through your life. So our faith in God shows that we have love for God. Again, I mentioned that faith is a relational word. So as we put our trust in God, it is true that we also love God because you don't really trust somebody without loving them. The people that you trust the most in your life You really love them and you care about them. And so there's this combination of these two things. When we put our faith in somebody, we also love them. And then God's love wants to be flowing out of our lives. Faith, I can walk in it and I can exercise it as we are talking about in this series. Now, I'm not doing this alone. We're part of the church. We're part of the community of faith. And we are all living by faith together. And this today, as we prayed for people and then celebrated um, some things, again, this is what we're doing as the family. So we are walking by faith together. I'm not alone. And it's the same would be true for love. Again, we can't take love out of the context of relationships, that God, because he has poured his spirit on the inside of us, actually wants us to be loving to one another. So what does it mean, uh, love? I'm gonna give you a few definitions here to help us understand it. Love is one of the chief attributes of God's nature. God's living good will towards his creation. Aren't you thankful for that? that God has goodwill towards us. A love that is exhibited in unselfishness. For God so loved the world that he sent his son. And then Jesus willingly went to the cross for us. So we see what love looks like. He didn't just yell from heaven, hey, I love you. He actually displayed for us what it means to live according to God's love. An outpouring of self abandonment. Now you need to love for and care for yourself. But when we're truly walking in the love of God, it's self-abandonment. It's giving up of self. It's thinking about others. Love means affection. And then the love of God is displayed like this. God's love accepts you completely. Where you are in this moment, God loves you. And God's love wants to change you completely. It's not either or, it's both and. Because all of us are on on some place on our journey of faith. So God in this moment loves us, cares about us. But also in this same moment, his love wants to change us, transform us into the image of Christ. This is what God's love is. And because I have faith in God, I love. This should be something that is outworked in our life constantly. Galatians chapter five, verse two, and we'll see it here in these verses. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. So in other words, trying to make yourself righteous. 
You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. Now, again, we use this word, we use this phrase. When somebody sins, we're like, oh, they've fallen away from grace. But ultimately, falling away from grace is when we try to trust ourselves to make ourselves righteous before God. And so we don't want to fall away from grace. We want to put our faith in God, receive his grace, to receive his righteousness, because it is the only way that it comes to our lives. It's not making ourselves perfect through the law. For through, verse five, for through the spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ, Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. So how is our faith gonna show up in our lives? The fact that I'm full of faith. How is it gonna show up that somebody would know that I am a person of faith, that I am a person of faith in Jesus Christ? Faith is gonna work through love. All of these things, all of these definitions that we just gave, affection, self-sacrifice, personal abandonment, thinking about what I can do for somebody else. And this is how our faith will show up in the context of our relationships. This is the only thing he says, it's not something that we are doing outwardly. It's not us trying to keep the law. None of those things count for anything, but only faith working through love. Verse 13, but you were called to freedom, brothers. Hey, thank God we have freedom in Christ. Aren't you thankful for that? Freedom from sin. But freedom doesn't mean that, okay, I don't have to do anything for anybody. Let's continue to read. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. So we don't say, oh, because I'm free from sin, I can do whatever I want. No, but through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So when we put our faith in God, how is that word gonna be fulfilled in our lives? It's gonna be, us loving our neighbor as ourselves. Verse 15, but if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you, I got a typo in my notes here. Watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Bite. Now this is not physically biting. Now if you're physically biting, stop it. Um, I feel like you know that. (laughs) This is talking about with your words. In the context of relationships. Have you ever, married people, have you ever got in a fight with your spouse and then it's like this? You're just going at each other, devouring one another. Is that what we're supposed to be doing with our freedom in Christ? We're not supposed to be consumed. We're supposed to be consumed with the idea that I'm going to love my neighbor as myself because I put my faith in God. That my faith will show up as I love. So your faith is not just you and God. The fact that you are full of faith is gonna show up in your friendships. It's gonna show up in your marriage. It's gonna show up in your place of work. It's gonna show up with your kids. I've known some Christians over the years that all that they think about 
as it relates to their faith is, you know, I'm gonna have faith in God, so I'm gonna get stuff from God. And we, we do, the promises of God are available to us. They are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. But then they forget this whole relational side of walking by faith. And it's only gonna show up as we live in love with other people. Now, has anyone found this to be challenging? Okay, just me. Sometimes it's a challenge to love people, right? Because it's, it's frustrating. Does anyone ever frustrate you? Let's be honest. It's just frustrating. Because people don't always do what we want them to do, right? They don't always say what we want them to say, and we can get bothered. Has anyone ever bothered you? And a little more serious note, has anyone ever hurt you? And all of these things have been true for us in relationships. But when we're having our faith in God, God is still calling us to love people. <clears throat> and who are the people that God is calling us to love? You know, first thing that we would think about is that God wants us to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. So the people sitting on your row, the people that you see in the lobby, people that you see in the city kids hallway if you have kids. These are the people that God wants us to love. God doesn't want us to opt out of loving anyone. Because we could just think, you know, that person is like, eh, they bother me. They've hurt me. They didn't do exactly what I, I, I'd want them to do. I, I wouldn't have made that choice. So I want to opt out of loving that person. You know, the scripture says, God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. And the love that we have that God has poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, he doesn't want us to hold back. That doesn't mean we agree with everybody all of the time. But we can love everybody. Can I get an amen? Let's read this. So here, before we read this, so we're gonna love people at church. So look down your row a little bit. These are the people that God wants you to love. <laughs> and then who are the other people that God wants you to love? The people on your street, people in your workplace, everyone else. The people that you watch on the news that you don't like. God wants you to love them and pray for them. This is what it means to be full of faith that it's gonna show up in our lives in love. Matthew chapter five, verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. This is natural, this is normal. This is what we should do. This is what we see in the world today. We love our neighbor, but then we hate our enemy. This is what we have heard said. This is what we should do. But I say to you, Jesus is saying, so who is this that's speaking to us? It's, it's our Lord and Savior. It's the one that we've submitted our life to. It's the one that we have faith in. It's the one that we allow to direct our lives, not just, you've heard it said, love your enemy, lo love your neighbor, hate your enemy. This would be a prevailing idea in the world. But the church needs to be the church. We need to be different. Different how? But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. 
love your enemies. Now, in the very world, real world that we live in, if people were to follow Jesus willingly and do that verse, would it change the world? Come on, like, would it change the world? Like the world, the problems on the news would be changed if people were to willingly, I say this on purpose, willingly follow Jesus. You, you we're not supposed to try to force people to follow Jesus, right? This is not us. We're not into coercion. We're not tyrants for Jesus. Are you here this morning? Somebody willingly has to say yes to Jesus and then willingly follow this. And who should that be? That should be us. We're not just gonna love our neighbor and hate our enemy. Love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. So that you may be the sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son, as we mentioned a second ago, sons rise on the evil and the good and he sends the rain and the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? In other words, the sinners. And if you greet only your brothers... What more are you doing than others? So in other words, we should be doing more, not less. We should be loving more people, not less. In this cultural moment, in this world that we live in right now, we should be loving more people. Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, what does that mean? Perfect just means wholehearted. That by effort, I am choosing to love. Now, again, I want to say, I want to reiterate this because it's important. I don't agree with everybody about everything, but I can love somebody that I disagree with and I can pray for them. I'm not going to hate them. We're going to love people. Are you here this morning? The ones that say yes to Jesus, who follow him, these are his words to us. If we just love the people that love us, that's not a very high standard. That's easy to do. It's what everybody does, is what the scripture is saying. But the followers of Jesus are supposed to be different. That we can pray for everyone. We should be praying for everyone. Love should be our ethos, our, our attitude. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, read at weddings. So easy to say, so hard to do. Let's listen to it here. Verse one, 1 Corinthians 13. I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers that understand all mysteries and all knowledge, Now listen, for this series, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, listen, I am nothing. Spiritual gifts at work in my life, but if I don't love people, what is it? I'm a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. You ever seen that toy monkey that hits the cymbal? If we don't have love, that's us. Just make a noise. 
And if I say, I've got all of this faith, I can move mountains, but I don't have love. What is love? Love is a relational word. So here, God is bringing our faith into something just between him and I to, oh, I also need to love people, that my faith is gonna show up by me loving people. If I give away all that I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. If, I'm a mar- if I allow myself to be martyred and I don't have love, I didn't gain anything. Listen to the ethos, the attitude of love. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. Don't elbow your spouse right now. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Verse 13, so now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, the greatest of these is love. Specifically mentioned here in these verses, as we said, was our faith. If we are full of faith and we're living by faith and we don't have love, I'm nothing. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be nothing. I, I, I would choose to want to love, that I would have faith in God, and then it's gonna show up in love. God's faithful love towards us is supposed to be for us, and it's supposed to come through us. Has God been faithful to love you? Think about that for a second. Has God been faithful to love you and me? Scripture says, even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Even when you and I were pushing God away, he was faithful to love us. Do we know anybody like that? Is there anybody like that on the news? It's pushing God away. Is God giving up on those people? Is God giving up on the people that you don't like? He's not. He didn't give up on you. His love has been faithful to us. Psalm 136 verse one says this. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord God of gods, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, his love endures forever. To him alone who does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. And the Psalm continues like that. What is the Psalmist trying to get across to us? His love is faithful. We can trust the fact that God loves us, come what may. That's the type of love that should be coming out of our lives because we have faith in a faithful God. His love endures forever. And we have to decide separate how we feel about something. Oh, my love for this person, 
my love for this enemy is going to endure and I'm gonna pray for them. See, we don't have to be everybody's judge, right? Do you know that you're not the judge of the world? It's, it's way above your pay grade and mine, right? We don't have to decide about somebody's eternity. Well, did they, are they gonna make it? I don't know if they're gonna make it. I don't think they're gonna make it. Don't worry about it. What's our job? To love them. Speak the truth. Preach the gospel. And then to love people. Love people that we disagree with. Have a conversation with a person. Find out that you disagree. And the next day at work, say good morning to them. Are you here this morning? Not like, I'm never sitting at lunch with you again. (laughs) Those are your political views. I'm done with you. You could disagree completely with someone and love them. It's kind of the thing that Jesus is asking us to do. That we would love our enemies again, not pretending that you agree, not capitulating to the ways of the world. Love those that we disagree with. Why? Because his love is faithful. His love endures. And I know he, he's God, but he's the one we're in relationship with and he wants our love to endure. James 2 verse eight says this. If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? So what is James, James, the half-brother of Jesus, what is, he, what is he telling us as we start out this paragraph? That our love, our faith, is gonna show up in actions, right? One of the things, again, a couple of things that we do as a church is that we, we give to the local food bank because we wanna be able to be a blessing uh, to people in our community. We give to Samaritan's Purse, International Relief Organization, and both of these organizations just go out and do good things, right? Samaritan's first, they go and they come in the name of Jesus and help people. But before they help the person, they're, they don't be like, hey, do you believe in Jesus? Okay, we can help you. If you don't, no, we're not gonna help you. No, they help people that have been affected by disasters, And so because we have faith, we want to do good things. Can I get an amen? Because we have faith in God, we want to do good things for people. We just don't want to have faith. We want to have faith and deeds. These things go together. Listen, verse 15. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and be well fed and does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? What's the answer to that rhetorical question? It's no good. It's no good for us to hear about a situation and be like, ah, no, sorry, we can't help you. Because we have faith, we want to operate like this. We want to operate in a self-sacrificing, loving way. In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. Someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. 
You believe there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe and shudder. Listen, James has given it to us straight. Faith is not just about believing. It's believing, yes, but that's not enough. This is the demons that they believe. What has to happen? We have faith and it's gonna show up as we love. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was it not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled, says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness as he was called God's friend. You see that person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In other words, faith produces actions. In the same way, not even Rahab, the prostitute, was considered righteous for what she did. She gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. We have so many wonderful people here in this church that are doing so many wonderful things for other people. It doesn't necessarily get trumpeted because sometimes... When somebody's going through a difficult time, it's not like we want to parade them on the stage and say, hey, this person is going through a difficult time, but this other person in the church helped him. But there's so many good things happening like that. And this is what we need to think a little bit as it relates to coming to church. I'm not just coming today to worship, which is good to do. I'm not just coming to listen to preaching, which is good to do. But our goal when we come to church is like, hey, because I have faith in God, Who can I bless today? Who can I encourage today? Who can I pray for today? God, is there somebody that you would want me to give something to today? This is how our faith shows up. It's gonna show up in tangible ways through love, faith working through love. So it's an an assignment for us. It's a way to live. His love endures for us forever and all time. He is faithful to love. He wants us to be faithful to love, to care about somebody, to think about somebody else. This is what the family of God does. And then finally, this love has some directives for us. John 21 verse 15 This is after Jesus' resurrection. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, tend to my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Faith loves. And Jesus, would Jesus ever ask us this question? I I think he would. Do do you love me? Yes, 
Lord, I love you. Well, here's what I want you to do because you love me. I want you to tend to God's sheep. Yeah, but Pastor Brent, that's your job. You're the pastor. Now, this is for all of us. This is for all of us to love and care for each other. This is why we have groups. This is why we have a lobby. This is why we have space between services and time after the second service. So that this type of stuff can happen. I have faith and it's gonna show up in my actions. I have faith and it's gonna show up because I'm gonna love somebody who might be my enemy. I have faith. It's gonna show up in me caring about God's sheep. Let's pray this morning. God, we love you today. We thank you for your goodness. God, we pray this morning that you help us to live out our faith in loving ways. In the home, on our street, on the job, at school, situations where we disagree with people. God, I pray that you help us to live out your steadfast love, that same love that you have for us, that love that never gave up on us, even when we were holding you at arm's length. We thank you, Lord, that you constantly help us to live out our faith. We, we pray, Lord, that you help us to see people the way you see them, how much you love them and care about them. Help us to have those eyes, Lord. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. The scripture that we mentioned earlier about even when we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That, that invitation is for everyone. If there's maybe somebody in the room today who's never said yes to Jesus, never made Jesus the Lord of your life. I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. And this prayer is just to help you to say yes to Jesus. The gospel, the good news is all about what Jesus has accomplished for us. He came, he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross. God raised him from the dead. And because all of that happened, when we say yes to Jesus, we receive God's righteousness. Righteousness just means right standing with God. And we don't get right standing with God by pretending that we're perfectly moral people because none of us are. The scripture says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We can't create some sort of religious practice, some sort of religious way and offer that to God and say, God, are you impressed with me now? Can I be part of your family now? No, the scripture, the story of scripture is that God has come down in Christ and has made a way for us to be in a relationship with God for today and all the way through eternity. So if you have never said yes to Jesus, I invite you to pray along with me. Or maybe you're here this morning, you know, you feel like you used to be close to God and you kind of feel distant from God this morning. Maybe you said yes and some time passed and maybe something happened. Maybe you got hurt by another Christian. You kind of feel distant from God this morning. You know, God is not mad at you today. God is inviting you close to himself again. So you pray along with me today as well. So church, let's bow our head and close our eyes and let's pray this out loud, praying with somebody. He might be praying it for the first time or somebody who's rededicating their life to Christ. God, we thank you for Jesus. 
We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate with those that made that decision for the first time this morning. We're so excited for you. And so if that was you, if you made a decision to follow Christ or you just made a decision now to rededicate your life to him, uh, we celebrate with you, encourage you to fill out the connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. Check off the box that says, I have decided and turn that into our info desk just there in the main lobby. We have a team that's gonna greet you with a big smile, celebrate with you and give you some new resources for your new journey of faith. But truly, we're really excited for that decision that you made this morning. Hey City Church, are you excited that you came to church this morning. It was a really good Sunday. Together, why don't we all stand as we get ready to go? Um, I'm just going to remind you of a couple of announcements that Avery and Michael said earlier in the service. Uh, Water baptism, our water baptism service, the final one for this year is coming up in just a couple of weeks. So if you have any questions, you want to sign up, the info desk uh, is going to be your best friend this morning, okay? As well, I want to remind you, it's Pastor Appreciation Sunday. It's on your way out. He is going to be by the doors. Make sure you give him a thank you as well. Pastor Nicole, she's in City Kids this morning serving your lovely kids. And so as you pick up your kids, make sure that you say a thank you to her as well. All right. If you are if you came to church this morning hoping for someone to pray with you or for you, our prayer team, they're coming down to the front right now. Such a beautiful picture as they prayed for PB this morning and they will pray for you too awesome. Uh, Feel free to come down to them right after we're dismissed and they'd be happy to pray with you this morning. All right. Well, City Church, have a great week. Pray that you're able to have great opportunities putting your faith into action by loving people around you. We love you. We'll see you next week at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Have a great week.